Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 10002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 10002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, heightening their customer satisfaction. You can get the ISO 10002 standard from the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, the U.S. member body of ISO. Visit ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. That's ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. Blog Talk Radio. Radio. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 11 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with Paula Hope, the president of Book Solid. And Paula helps business professionals and their teams create the revenue they deserve through the strategic development of referral personal marketing plan, which includes online activities. Book solid business professionals learn to create, manage, and leverage their social capital into a system that will grow their revenue for themselves and their firms. Paul is also the author of Stop the Saboteurs, Conquer Negative Thoughts That Hurt Your Revenue and Your Brand. And we're going to talk to Paul about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity. Are you looking for a unique and lucrative franchise opportunity? If so, take a look at Stone Coat. With a patented process which creates a true stone finish on almost any wall or ceiling, Stone Coat is a true game-changing product in the multi-billion dollar construction industry. Stone Coat is applied faster, cleaner, and cheaper than conventional quarried stone, which saves both time and money. With advantages in remodel and new construction of both residential and commercial projects, Stone Coat is a true crossover product. The Stone Coat franchise opportunity provides a low startup cost, low operating expenses, comprehensive training, ongoing support, and no royalty payments. For more information on the Stone Coat franchise opportunity, go to www.stonecoatfranchise.com. That's www.stonecoatfranchise.com or call us at 972-380-2700. That's 972-380-2700. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. 
Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 11 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs of all in one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're meeting with Paula Hope, the president of Book Solid. And Paula helps business professionals and their teams create the revenue they deserve. Hi, Paula. How are you? Welcome to the show. Oh, I'm great. Thank you, Marty. Thank you for, for uh, inviting me on the show. Uh, this is my pleasure, Paula. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from this morning, Paula? I am calling actually from the Blue Mountains in uh, Canada, Ontario, Canada. So it's a resort area wow. uh, north of Toronto. So everyone, I think, knows where Toronto is, so it's about a two-hour drive north. Yes. Mm. Wow, that's beautiful. It's a beautiful time of year to be in Canada, isn't it, Paula? <laughs> it sure is. And to be in eastern Pennsylvania, too. So, <laughs> I get, Yes, it is. A little warm here today. You know, and it's funny, we have the, we have blue mountains here in Pennsylvania, too, but I don't think they're like the blue mountains in, in Canada, though. So, <laughs> I'm sure you're know a lot mountains? bigger and nice. We do. We have those. blue mountains. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they're about like 20 minutes from eastern Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, there's some skiing there and things like that, but it, it's kind of like a moderate mountain. Um, I, I don't think it can compares to the Blue Mountains in, in, in Canada. But it's, it's nicer. The, the best season here, Paula, is, is definitely fall. You know, it's, uh, yes. uh, you know, the leaves are changing and things like that. But uh, I've always wanted to go to Canada in, this, in the summertime. You know, it's just something appealing about being up there, you know, when the weather's, I guess, you know, not so hot, you know, and a little bit cool, I guess. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, it's, it's lovely. Um, it's going to be 90 degrees today here. Oh, wow. Yes, and we're oh. right on the water here on Georgian Bay. So, oh. uh, yeah, it's very similar to your to your weather, actually. Just okay. you're going to be a little a few de- few degrees hotter. But, yeah. Uh, um, and the Blue Mountains, by the way, we're we're the best. We, our mountain is only about a, a thousand feet. Uh, okay. But we're the we're the best story for skiing from Toronto. Really. <laughs> so, that's been the advantage, yes, that we've had. Oh, and that's it's, fantastic. It's a, yes, yes. So, uh, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. You're, a, uh, you, you're, you're tagged, Paula, a, a referral marketing expert, and I, and, and I love you know that, that tagline. And, and I love the name of your company, by the way. It's, it's just it's very <laughs> clever. Book solid, you know, I said it's yes. really very clever. Maybe you could talk to our audience about, you know, what is referral marketing for someone who's never heard of it before? Yes. Uh, so, um, and it's interesting that if you even if you go to uh, business school, you don't really hear very much about referral you marketing. Don't. No. Uh, so it's often called word of mouth. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, referral marketing is the systematic cultivation of business by referral. So actually, having a system around your network, your message, all of your activities, both on and offline. And it's all part of a strategy where you are leveraging your network on an ongoing basis. Yeah, it's great, Paul, because, you know, when you think of word of mouth, you know, I think a lot of people, when they think of word of mouth or or referral marketing, you know, they don't really think of having a system set in place Mm -hmm. do that, you know, I mean, but there is a methodology to, to it, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Yeah. So we we have a we've um, we being myself and my co-author. Uh, there's a second book coming out called Your Personal Marketing Playbook, and co- combining best referral marketing practices along with online activities that help you extend your relationships to online. Um, so um, no, it's not uh, it's not something that that uh, has been um, developed at all. Uh, 
in spite right. of the fact that it's so effective. Has social media been a big part of this, you know, whole, you know, referral marketing thing, Paula? I mean, does it play a part? Um, you know, I, I teach marketing for uh, Purdue University in their global division, you know, oh. and, and we're starting to really get involved, you know, in, in the whole social marketing thing. But is there a relationship between the two, would you say? Oh, Totally, yes. Yeah. So we'd call, we probably put this under cross channel marketing, which, you know, so much is going on in that area now. So referral marketing is as old as the hills. Um, one caveman right. said to the other caveman, This guy has a better spear. Go see him. That's true. Yeah, so That's it's been great. around forever. We uh, and referral marketing is by far the most effective method of new business development, even with all that's going on with online. Uh, an average referral, where an average amount of trust is transferred from uh, you to a member uh, of, of of a network, um, mm-hmm. the person who's giving you the referral. If that referral closes, there's a there's a 34 percent chance that that referral will close. So one out of three wow. referrals, when average trust is transferred, um, is uh, is a very high statistic compared to direct mail, which might be you know two to three percent closing rate. That might be generous. Right. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Or cold calling, which is you know a one percent effectiveness level versus 34 percent. And so it's it has uh, yeah. it's, a, it's the oldest and most effective method of creating new business. I used to um, in the old days. I say in the old days, Paul. I'm talking like I'm, I'm old, but I um, I used to do cold calling. You know, back in the ni- late 1990s, and um, I would have to make. I think it was about. I, I figured it was about like 89 to 90 calls. You know, before I would even get a prospect. You know, and I just I said, God, you know, there's got to be a better way of doing this. You know, I'd spend eight or nine hours on the phone just looking for for one prospect, and it, it just seemed like it always seemed like such a waste of time. But you know, there there is a whole you know methodology to this i mean i i guess you know the cold call of course is 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 a different technique than the closing you know i i was watching your videos online um over the weekend you know and i thought they're really very informative you know how you talk about each of the different phases because each of the different phases in i guess you could say like a a, a sales um a sales format you know th- there's different skills that go into that isn't there yes Yes, and um, I, sales would be the end uh, result of yeah. marketing. So marketing is you know, you know making the snowballs, and then sales throws the the snowballs. So, so uh, with referral marketing, you are cultivating your network, you're developing your message, you're uh, using different methods by which you're uh, stimulating and motivating your network, so that you have the results, so that you can then create the sale. Uh, go in yeah. and see the prospect together. Ideally, that's that's a, a referral marketing strategy, is to train your network so that they come with you to visit a prospect right. or open a piece of business. Exactly, and and I, you know you use this technique as well, Paula, don't you? You know, I mean, I saw all the you know the dozens of referrals I was reading about you over the weekend. You know, I mean, so of course you you know you you use this methodology. You know, and you had some really you have some really strong testimonials. You know, after I was watching some of those videos, what was interesting, you know, that that really caught my attention is I you know I became aware that. Um, you've helped franchise organizations with referral mm-hmm. marketing as well, haven't you, Paul? Maybe you could talk a little bit about that because I thought that was interesting. Yes, uh, it's been my pleasure to work with a number of franchise organizations, most notably with Liquid Capital, who provide mm-hmm. factoring services, so alternative right. financing services, and they're, they're North American. And there's a great case study. I had the privilege of working with them for five years and really going deep with the organization. 
uh, and and helping them uh, onboard their new franchisees. So I uh, nurtured them. I had the privilege of working with some of them for an entire five years as they move from an onboarding phase to uh, to the emerging uh, franchisees phase, and then right. to the mature phase. And some of I'm very proud to say that some of the franchisees, or they call them principals, uh, are in their top echelon now for sales performance. So wonderful wow, to, to be able to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a real privilege. Was there something that you liked about, you know, working with franchises, Paul? Again, you know, the majority of our listeners, we call them, you know, aspiring franchipreneurs. Um, oh? You know, for, from your experience, what, what, was, what was the experience like in, in working with the franchise? I mean, was there anything that stood out or that you liked about the franchise model in particular? Mm-hmm. So I should, I, full disclosure, I owned a franchise for five years. Oh, did you really? Oh, wow. Yes, Fantastic. yes. It was called the, fer, the Referral Institute. Uh, so basically, wow. uh, that was a referral training uh, franchise right. organization founded oh, by the founder of BNI, Business Network International, and, and, and some of the colleagues that he had uh, that developed the Referral Institute. So I have been a franchisee, uh, and I, I, for me, uh, and, 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 and of course working with uh, franchisees, I think that uh, it's, there's, there's the, uh, the opportunity to learn from others. There's, of course, the structure that the franchise organization brings. Things, right. uh, and of course, the program uh, that I was able to uh, offer. Um, typically, I deal with professional service franchises, but I'm not limited to that. But um, right. often, you know, the services are difficult to sell. Um, whether it's uh, leadership training, another organization I was involved with, Crestcom, or whether it's Liquid Capital offering mm-hmm. uh, factoring services. You're not going to have that many business professionals just saying, um, "Gee, I need money." <laughs> they don't. That's not something right, they go around course. sharing. Yes. So, um, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so just back to your question. So, the, being a franchisee, uh, you get to be part of a community. You get so much uh, nurturing and mentoring, and you can never underestimate. I'm sure, Marty, with your 11 years um, doing your your podcast, mm-hmm. uh, you can never underestimate how much help. You need when you start a business. Right. You can never underestimate that. There is so much. And then with the franchise structure and nurturing and programs, as I mentioned, that just gives you so much of an edge. It's, I mean, your service, I mean, what you teach, Paul, you know, I, it's really, you know, the theme that I got, you know, in, in studying your business model is, I mean, you really help your clients to work smart and not hard, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that there's an easier way to do this, you know, and, 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 you know, because you work with a lot of, you know, the, well, different types of businesses, but I imagine like, you know, the small business owner, you know, one of the things we say is, you know, the problems is that they're, they're so busy working in the business mm-hmm. and not so much on the business, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and I guess that becomes problematic for a lot of small businesses, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And uh, what I love about referral marketing is that they can be working on the business and have a lot of fun doing that. So referral marketing is about tapping into the network that you have right now when you, say, join a franchise organization and uh, developing a message and developing a method by which you can be tapping into that network and creating opportunities and, of course, creating new members of your network on an ongoing basis. So that's all part of working on the business. Um, Everyone has a network. They need to learn how to tap into it and and capitalize on it. What are the the, the steps involved, like, in the whole process, Paul, you know, of of bringing in referral marketing, coaching, and and training Mm -hmm. into a franchise organization? Yeah, so... um, 
I'll go back to what I what I did with Liquid Capital, which was co- comprehensive. So I basically divided um, the uh, the franchise um, uh, franchisees or principals, as they're called, uh, into three different um, learning groups, and that was mm-hmm. really important. So I could focus on the onboarding people and and really help um, them move forward. Then right. the emerging franchisees who have who uh, so the onboarding people have a network, but they have no idea how to communicate with their network. They need to develop their message, their confidence, their conviction. Uh, they need to be out there, um, which is so important for onboarding franchisees. Well, it, it should never stop for any uh, franchisee, even if they're in a food and beverage um, statistics right. show that networking works very well. So you get them going and understanding. We have a point system to help them evaluate their activities on a weekly basis. Um, so there's there's really bringing people on board, franchisees, um, that, that would be the first group. The middle group are emerging franchisees, though, so they may have been uh, out there but not enough. Uh, they may right. have a network, but they don't know how to tap into it. They may have a message. Um, they don't know what programs, what leadership to take with their referral partners. Uh, right. So and, and they also, which refer back to my book, Stop the Saboteurs, they probably have saboteurs. Um, where they've got these these nagging negative thoughts saying, are you sure you wanted to join this franchise? What are you doing? What's happening? Right. Um, and because things are, you know, it it takes two years, depending on, on the business and the franchise, but it can take a you know, long period of time before you are where you want to be. So those saboteurs can be there saying, well, work on your ca- accounting now. Don't go to that networking event. Well, actually, the most right. important thing they can do is go to the networking event. And then when you have advanced franchisees, they, have, they, they could have gorgeous networks that are not, that are not properly tapped. So they, it, they with, a, with you know, five lunches, could change their world. Five lunches and a really compelling message. They could change right. their world. Yeah. So is, that, is that why you level. wrote the book, Paula? You know, because I thought the, the the title of the book was very clever as well, and I, I'm going to pick it up. That's going to be on my summer oh, reading list. You. I try to read like a oh, couple, you. you know, books during the summer. You know, and I said, what a great title! But was that like kind of the, the catalyst? Like, what was the catalyst for for writing the book? The catalyst for writing the book it was basically around the fact that um, so so many uh, franchisees, entrepreneurs would be. Uh, doing the right thing for themselves, which is going right. out networking and having barbecues and um, playing tennis and creating relationships wherever they can. But they have these saboteurs saying, well, I'm an introvert. I can't do these things. Or mm-hmm. I can't move forward with this uh, because um, my family isn't giving me the message that supports me. Or uh, So there's all, all of these. Um, we have forty to 50,000 thoughts a day, of which 80% of them are negative. Yeah, so you can that. imagine with all the craziness of starting a business, the all of your negative thoughts become almost become due. So um, those negative thoughts get in the way of, of um, doing what's best for you and for your business. So um, yeah. also um, there, 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 there are a lot of myths around networking and referral building, so we need to expunge those myths. Um, because they come from negative thoughts as well. Right, right. It's so, interesting. You mentioned like introverts, Paula, you know, and I was wondering, you know, I guess from your experience, have have you dealt with that, you know, like some of your clients, I mean, mentioning to you that, 
you know, it's hard for them because they are introverted. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of them just, it, that's always the big excuse. Um, is it uh-huh. harder to teach an introvert compared to an extrovert? I mean, when it comes to <laughs> referral marketing? Um, no, they, they represent different challenges. So an introvert right. has the lovely advantage of preferring one-on-one uh, meetings when they're at a networking yes. group. They want to connect. Uh, they, they, uh, so they have already a, a, they're disposed to doing what they need to do, which is it's the one-on-one time that creates the deep relationships that creates the strong referral. So they're naturally mm. disposed. They just need to feel empowered around that, and they certainly need networking skills. Uh, I have to right. help them. Uh, so the other thing about Stop the Saboteurs, why I wrote it, is, is, is that people don't actually know what they're doing when they're networking. They don't know why they're right. networking. They, uh, they don't have a lot of direction, both for networking and sales. Uh, we know how important uh, both of these activities are, but nobody has taught us. And the best teachers right. for us have been our parents. Well, our parents aren't necessarily um, business people who are going to be able to teach sure. us, or, nor are they trainers. Um, so that's the introvert, so the challenge is, uh, for them is to help empower them with what their natural skills are. An extrovert, um, often um, they're sometimes more of a challenge because uh, they think at a networking event they might have to be performing and handing out their cards mm-hmm. right away, and they may not be um, as ready to be cultivating the relationships so that when they're going to a networking event, uh, they may be thinking of impressing people, but in fact the best thing they can do is to listen and ask great questions. Questions. Not at all. That, what people yeah. think is what goes on. That's an on. interesting point, right? Because yes. listening is more important than even talking, I guess, in itself, isn't it? You know, oh, uh, yes. you know, especially when it comes to, you know, referral marketing. So I, I, I think that's fantastic, and you make a lot of interesting points. It's it's funny, Paul, because as you're talking, you know, it's, I think it's one of the reasons, you know, I I enjoy doing the show so much is because I get this opportunity to talk one on one with someone like yourself, which you know I would consider myself certainly more introverted than on the extroverted. You know, a lot of people think, say, they say, okay, well, you do a podcast, you must be extroverted, and not true at all. I, I love the one-on-one interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, I love listening to people and things like that, you know, so you, you make a lot of interesting points. I guess there are challenges and, of course, opportunities for, for both groups, you know, so I, I, I think that's um, I, I think that's really interesting. Have you had, like, um, you know, over the years, Paul, I'm, I'm sure you have hundreds of stories that, you know, that, that kind of stand out. But is there is the one particular story that maybe you're most proud of, you know, since you, you started the organization? Oh, absolutely. I have a banner story that is, that is in my case study, which um, the liquid capital case study, which you can uh, certainly access uh, through, yes. through sending me an email. Um, but my favorite story is about... Uh, a gentleman who was a chartered accountant, never sold in his life. In his, so just bought a franchise uh, in his uh, uh, 50s, I guess, his early 50s. Five wow. children, big move for him, big, big of move. Course. And And he, right. was, he was nervous, there's no question. And um, he just attacked referral marketing. He just took to it. Every Friday he would sit down with one of his classmates and they would, he'd do his points. In fact, to this day he's still doing that. And it's just been wonderful to see him flourish. Um, within the first two years he was, he was already getting close to being at the top of the Canadian um, wow. uh, uh, delivers. And within, uh, uh, he was in, at that point he was in uh, – the six-figure range, and it was such a pleasure to see him uh, earning uh, seven figures 
uh, about two years wow. ago. Wow. Yes. So, um, and, and to see him every month for the last you know, five to six years. Absolutely brilliant to watch. So motivated and highly coachable. That's what um, any uh, franchisee that wants to excel like that, um, that, that those are the two basics. Uh, and that's part of what I'm also um, searching for when I get involved with the franchise organization. You know, who, who are we going to work with? And let's understand who's going to be open to, the, to referral marketing um, or to any learning. In fact, that's really what Coachable and Motivated is referring to. So he's my favorite story. And he, uh, he, in my book, he, he's Francesca. So he's disguised. Change That's a little, names. little <laughs> secret you can have. He, right, you know, that right. He's, uh, he's I'll look out for that I one. don't think he actually knows he is, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, so there's I, different I mean, characters I, in my book. I, I love what you just said, Paul. You know, he's talking about, you know, this gentleman, how he, he was nervous in the beginning. And, um, you know, it was it was funny. Many years ago, I, I was interviewing the most um, successful franchisee from – it's a franchise called Liberty Tax. I, I think mm-hmm. you might have them up in Canada. Yes, we but do. Mm-hmm. He, he said something interesting. We, we asked him on the show, you know, we said, okay, you know, there, there's like 3,000 franchisees to Liberty Tax. Why are you or how did you become – the most successful, and, and and he said, I just I just did what they told me to do. I followed the system, you know. And and he was motivated, and he was coachable, and he had a lot of those same feelings going in, you know. And 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 I think that's the key, isn't it? You know, is just to be coachable. I I think maybe sometimes I don't know if it's harder sometimes at an older age, you know, if we um, we stop becoming coachable, you know, but I, I think that's, that's, that's very critical, uh, particularly in today's world, you know, if, if you mm-hmm. want to, to, to be successful. Yeah. And it, it sounds like it's, it's a, you know, in, in studying your background, Paul, it sounds like this is part of the, the joy of the business. I know you're, you're very successful, but it sounds like, you know, this is the joy of the business for you is that you enjoy yeah. this, don't you? Working with, these yeah. these these types of, of, of entrepreneurs, I, I guess we can call them. Um, there must yeah. be tremendous joy in that whole experience, isn't there? Oh, it is. It's wonderful. And, and just uh, on the note about, uh, so coachability refers to open to change, yeah. and learning learning is changed behavior. So you have to be willing to to make changes. Uh, and uh, to your comment, I, you know, I've seen some lifelong learners who are in their 80s, and and they're fantastic to work with. And I have seen some young people who aren't open to change. So it's it's really an attitude, uh, but it's a winning attitude. And uh, it's interesting about the Liberty Tax example. That's very true of the uh, friendpreneurs that I've dealt with. They they need to be motivated and open to change. Those two, and they're willing to just follow the system. So what's next for you then, Paula? I know you're working on a new book right now. It sounds like you kind of like mentioned that, you know, um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, where do you see, you know, your, your organization, maybe if you could look into a crystal ball three to five years down the road? Uh, Well, I, I would, I, I would like to work with uh, uh, more franchise organizations. I have really enjoyed uh, uh, what we've done, uh, what I've been able to do with Liquid Capital and Crestcom and some of the other uh, companies that I've had the opportunity of franchise organizations. So I would love to go deep with uh, you one or two more franchise organizations right. 
So right. some, a few more liquid capitals is what I'd like to look for I look work with. But I'm also open to one-on-one coaching. Again, the right individual. Yeah. And one of the things right. that we that I that I underline all the time with referral marketing is that you can find your ideal client by leveraging your network. You're going to have a much better uh, chance of doing that by describing to a motivated member of your network who wants to help you and telling them the story and the picture of the ideal client you would like to deal with. And they're going to go out and be looking for opportunities for you. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I, I, I would like to work with my ideal client. And uh, they can be individuals. They can be right. uh, franchise organizations. Professional service organizations in the, in the main, the, the franchise organizations that specialize in professional services. But um, every, I think everybody needs to learn about networking. Um, it's, it's, it, there's just so many myths and uh, networking, yeah. and then how do you build referrals? So you networking helps you uh, create new relationships. Referral building helps you cultivate them and grow them and select those eight to ten uh, referral partners who are really going to change your life and give you a wonderful lifestyle. It sounds like you, you know you really believe in the uh, you know the whole face to face type of networking too, Paula. You know, which is 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 really you know I think it's it's refreshing. You know, I think sometimes we become you know, and I think I'm guilty of it as well. You know, is just relying on the social network. You know, and and I think sometimes there's a misperception of social media, like LinkedIn, for example. I, I know you know you and I are connected on LinkedIn, but you know I, I guess just connecting with somebody on LinkedIn is not referral marketing, is it? You know, I, <laughs> I know. mean it's just I. I <laughs> I think there's this misperception sometimes that people think that that's kind of like almost like referral marketing, you know, as they're building their network. But a lot of times people don't do anything with it, you know. And, um, you know, I, I, I've, I was reading an article recently, you know, saying that, of course, you know, it's, it's better to have 100 qualified people in your network than 5,000 mm-hmm. different people you're connected with on LinkedIn that you have no relationship or anything with whatsoever, you know, and uh, so I, I, I think sometimes people misuse the social mediums uh, as well, don't they? Oh, uh, absolutely. There's, a, there's a lots, lots of opportunity with social media, but I, in the, in yeah. the, even before social media hit, hit the fan, um, I'm, I always use the expression quality over quantity. Mm, so you right. you may go to a networking event and there are a hundred people there. Oh, isn't that exciting? I'll be able to to meet all these people. But right. in fact, uh, a group of ten well qualified individuals, I'd take that group any day and invest my time there right. because because the qualifying has been done for me. So if a member of my network is having a small event and and I want to support them and and I and and they want to do a seminar or. Um, little panel or whatever they want to do um, that's a very powerful opportunity so we so it's not just social media I think it's right. the assumptions that we make that is that uh, marketing in general too I think we have to be uh, careful because well not no, marketing is reaching as many people as you possibly can referral mm-hmm. marketing is actually cultivating a very small group of individuals who will then give you very right. qualified it's... access to rich strong relationships that they have it's, it's interesting that you say that. I was just thinking of of, of personal example, Paula. I um I went to you know I go to the big franchise show. They have a big franchise show in New York mm-hmm. every single year. You know, and there's, there's thousands of people there, and there's you know hundreds of exhibitors. But I, I several years ago, I went to a small intimate franchise show in Philadelphia, 
And it was it was the most productive thing I think I've ever done because I really had a chance to meet with some different types. Uh, they were more smaller types of franchises. Mm-hmm. And, and you were talking about ideal client, you know, and I said, okay, those are ideal clients for franchise interviews, you know, as far as like sponsorships and things like that, you know. And I said, God, I, I said that one small tiny event, I, I think I, I've never done so well as far as building my, you know, referral network program then as opposed to go into this big massive super bowl events you know with thousands of people there and you know mm-hmm. it, it it really wasn't as productive you know so it's it's interesting that that you use that example because i think it's very true isn't it yes I'm, and i'm uh, yes i'm i am you know mid-july going down to the u.s for a an intimate kind of gathering uh with yeah. franchise organizations so uh i and i'm going because i know that it's it's uh, so it involves you know dinner at, at, at the host's house and there's there's just a whole um, a feeling there that I know there's going to be a lot more done there uh, than of what I want to do create deep relationships right. create opportunities um, I'm also going down with uh, um, with a um, w- one of my clients who's launching a new business in in, in franchising. Oh, wow. So uh, all part of supporting him, and of course, um, referral marketing is all about giving. So um, right. I'm giving back to him, and of course, that that always comes. That always it's great to give anyway, but giving sure, um, yes. you, you you never know how that's going to to show up. But I absolutely I love your example, Marty, and I'm so glad that you brought that forward because uh, it, I think it helps every um, the listeners get a sense of the fact that this is. Right. This is something we understand uh, in our right. in our gut. We understand. Oh yeah. So a deep relation, you know, deep conversation with a member of my network could change my world. Um, but but it's so distracting to think that you could reach fifty thousand people with uh, you know a, a social media strategy or more or millions or right. Um, but but we need to look at the quality of the connection. It's and you know it's 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 funny. I was just thinking about it. I mean, it's really how I became. Uh, I learned about you, Paul. It was I was referred to you. You know, I had several people say some really nice things about you. You know, they said oh, you have you. to talk to this this amazing woman. You know, and uh, you know, I I looked on. I said, wow. I, I said, what an impressive background. You know, and it's a, it really it 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 does work, doesn't it? You know, I mean, it's 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 fantastic. So it, it's been really great to to talk to you. What's the best way that our listeners um, can get in touch with you, uh, Paula? You know, whether it it's 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 buying the book or you know uh, learning about oh. all your different services. Are there any like websites or numbers that you'd like them to um, to call or check sure. out? Sure. So um, if they want to reach out to me, um, then Paula at booksolid.ca. So booksolid b o o k e d s o l i d one word dot c a. Uh, okay, they have. Uh, they want the case study, uh, and um, of course, there's my website www.booksolid.ca, um, and uh, of course, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn as well. If they wish to reach out to me there, and you have some great uh, articles on your LinkedIn page as well too that I checked out, and they were just fantastic. Oh, thank you. And I do have a newsletter that comes out every two weeks. So you talked about 11 years. I can't can't quite reach that, but I've been <sighs> writing articles uh, for my network for the for the last eight years. I've That's been, great. I, for the longest time, I was every week. Uh, now I'm every second week. Uh, oh, and my book, by the way, is on Amazon. I'm traditionally published, which means um, that you can access uh, through your libraries or through your bookstores. They they can then access 
uh, getting the book for you, or you can or you can use Amazon, whatever one you prefer. That's great. And I saw your blog. Was it? I, I'm trying to remember if it was a blog too, Paula. You know, um, on your website. You know, I think that's why I saw a lot of your great articles as well too. Yes. You know, I think I saw some of them up there yes. as well. You know, and, and and I printed some of those out. You know, because I thought oh, they were fantastic. You. And I'm going to continue reading. So I'm glad I was introduced to you, Paula, and I had you on the show. And you know, I'd like to invite you back as once you finish your second book, you know, because I'm sure that's going oh. to be fantastic. And again, I'm going to read the book this summer, you know, so I'll, I'll send you an email. I'm sure I'm going to love it. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. And, and uh, yeah, no, I'd love to come back uh, when we launch the book in the fall. That would be super. That's fantastic. Well, it was great to have you on the show today, Paula, and, and I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Okay. Thanks so much, Marty. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. We'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand, the opportunity to take control of your future, and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Today's great quote in franchising is being brought to you by... Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems, which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, 
Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott, the President of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting franchise interviews many years now, and during that time we've had some incredible quotes on our show. Today you're going to get to hear from Nick Friedman, who is the founder of College Hunks Hauling and Junk and Moving Franchise Opportunity. And Nick said something really quite brilliant on our show that we haven't heard in over a decade of doing franchise interviews. We started speaking about the four F's of franchising, and interesting enough, we ended up with five F's of franchising as we were doing the interview with Nick. And, um, you know, in marketing, we talk about the four P's of marketing, which is product, price, promotion, and place. So I thought this was really brilliant what Nick said. So here we go with Nick Friedman, the founder of College Hunks Hauling and Junk Moving Franchise Opportunity. What, um, you know, the majority of our listeners, we call them Nick, we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. What types of characteristics do you look for in your franchisees? You know, uh, what I like to say is there's four F's when considering mm-hmm. a, a franchise, which is also, I guess, starts with a letter F. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. four F's that come out of a franchise. And I think this is what a prospective franchise should think of when they're considering what franchise they want to pursue. And this is, quite frankly, I think what franchisors should consider when they're evaluating a prospective franchisee. Uh, so right. the first F is fit, is fit. You know, do they mm-hmm. fit? In other words, do they have transferable skills that can make them effective at this business? Have they done anything in their prior professional uh, or personal lives uh, that would make them uh, be successful in this type of business? Uh, the second piece is the family side. In other words, does their family support them in them pursuing this endeavor, right. whether it's their husband or wife or uh, uh, kids or, or parents? You know, Do they believe in them? Because you don't want things to get tough in their inner circle to say, I told you so. You want them to you know, right. kind of cheer them on to get through it. Uh, the financial piece is important. In other words, are they capitalized yeah. to be able to invest in the opportunity, and do they have realistic uh, financial expectations? And then the last F is the fun factor. You know, can we have fun working with this individual? You know, franchises yeah. very much like a partnership, even though that's not typically called that. Uh, so it, you got to have you know a, an alignment of vision and values to be able to enjoy working together. So that's really what we look for. You know, we, we want people that believe in the secret sauce that we've already developed. Mm-hmm. We don't want somebody to come tell us that they think it should be done differently. Uh, we want them to tell us that they believe in, 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 in what we've created. And, and sure, we would, you know, want to continuously improve and encourage ideas, but uh, not, you know, we want folks that believe in the system and are going to execute the system rather than trying to shortcut success by doing it, uh, you know, doing it their own way. And I think that's, you know, really no different in our system than any other franchise uh, uh, model that, that is uh, is going to be successful long term. They need to really take into account those factors. 
That's yeah, no, that's great, Nick. We have this uh, great quotes in franchising podcast. Anytime we hear, you know, Michael Gerber's been in there a couple of times, but we're gonna put that one in there because I haven't heard that in in, in over a decade, and I, I think that's great advice to our listeners. It's really fantastic because it's true. I mean, you could really your business you could teach to anybody, couldn't you? I mean, pretty much, you know. It, but you know, it's interesting in putting those factors in there. You know, like family support. You know, and even fun. I haven't heard that. You know, but it should be an enjoyable business, and you know, because it is a stressful situation for the customers. I guess you got to be able to put a smile on your customer's face, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, as you know, there's over 3,000 franchise opportunities out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to separate one from the other? It's, it's got to be something that you can enjoy. And I guess I'll grab another F out of there. I'm, I'm on a roll here. Fulfillment. You know, is, is it something that, yes. uh, you know, we're going to be fulfilled doing day in and day out? Because I think franchising is a lot, a lot like a gym membership. You know, if you join a gym and you've got fitness yeah. goals, you get access to all types right. of equipment, personal trainers, coaches, workout groups, but you still got to go and show up and do the work. So if you buy a franchise, you're getting access to the business model in a box. You're getting access to trainers, coaches, you know, fellow franchisees that you can, you know, hold each other accountable with, but you still got to show up and put in the effort to, uh, to execute that business model. So uh, that's where I think those, those factors come into play. Once you decide that, you know, you do like them, you know, and they like you, Nick, you know, and, and there is a fit, you know, what is the training like? I mean, do they typically come to Florida for training? How does that work? If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Nick Freeman of the College Hunks Hauling and Junk Moving Franchise Opportunity, all you have to do is go to FranchiseInterviews.com, go to our Franchise Interviews by Category page, and then go to our Home Repair and Improvements page, and you'll be able to listen to that whole show with Nick Freeman. It was really a fantastic interview. It was great to finally have Nick on the show. And lastly, we'd just like to thank everyone for making this podcast such a big hit. It's hard to imagine we've been doing it now over 10 years, and uh, it's just amazing to see where the podcast has gone. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes and Franchising, sponsored by Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.